1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Diva Behavior, the podcast. We are back with a hotly anticipated episode all about Jessica Simpson's memoir, Open Book. Yes, she named her memoir Open Book. That must have been the shortest marketing meeting ever. It's like naming your clothing line clothing line or your album album. It's just I love it. Such incredible simplicity, Jessica. That's what we can always count on you for. And in, in addition to simplicity, we all know Jessica Simpson as one of the schmaltziest pop stars ever to grace the earth, and I think it's really fitting that we're re- releasing this episode on Valentine's Day, the schmaltiest day of the year. I think a lot of millennials will agree with me that Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey definitely shaped our vision of what a love story looked like. They had a really short marriage, it was only two or three years, but... Oh my God, the content it produced. Most Instagram girls could only dream. So my guest to talk about all this today is Sandy Ritchie. Sandy, you may remember from our episodes about Demi Moore and Fergie. She's hilarious. She's a legend. And you can follow her on Instagram at Sandy with an IE underscore Ritchie as in Lionel Richie underscore. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Molly Moleshine. And please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and just spread the word. Some people think Diva's a bitch. She's a diva to you. Would you say are you one? I never said that. Diva behavior. I don't know her, I don't know her. I don't know her. Don't know her, don't know her. Hey, great, uh, great gowns. Beautiful gowns. <gasps> of course, I don't trust you. Diva behavior, the podcast. Okay, so I'm joined once again by Sandy Ritchie. Hi. Hello, thank you for joining us again, because last time we heard from you was with Demi Moore
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that was Fergie, right? Mm hmm. And now we have an even I mean, what do you think is the craziest one we've done so far out of these three now coming to Jessica Simpson?
0: I'm going to go with Jessica Simpson because I had an inkling about what De- uh, Demi's childhood was like. Fergie, you know, was very popular, so we knew a lot about her going in. I had no idea we were going to uncover what we did with Jessica Simpson. She went deep.
1: Yeah, she really did. She really did. And she, it was pretty well written, too. Do you think she used a ghostwriter? 100%. Yeah, she <sighs> she definitely talked a lot about how much she loves writing and sort of was trying to imply, I guess, that it was all her. But I right. was like, mm, I don't know. this is a little <laughs> too good at certain points. I did like all of the the um,
0: Southern saying that she would throw in there like um, they were burning witches and torches were going cheap. (laughs) I think that was my favorite (laughs) one. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know those little pieces were were great. Let's contextualize for our international listeners and our Gen Z listeners who might not know who Jessica Simpson is, who she is. So who is Jessica Simpson to you? A role model.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She Jessica Simpson's the same age as me, so I followed her very closely. I was deep into that whole crew because she was peaking in popularity right around the whole Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, Misha Barton phase.
1: Yeah, and she was really interesting because, so she talks even a lot in the book about he, how she was sort of the also-ran to Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. and Yeah, you're right. They were all part of this sort of gossip ecosystem during that time period of the 2000s, you know, getting covered by Perez Hilton and everything. But she is such a weirdo. And I say that as a compliment compared to kind of the rest of them, because while the rest of them were like getting drunk and falling out of cabs and limos, she was like saving herself for marriage.
0: Yes. Very busy not having sex. That seemed to take up a lot of her time.
1: Yeah. So like, I'm sure you knew, like I knew that she was raised pretty religious because when she was famous, she was talking a lot about not having sex before marriage. But I really, I, I kind of, I guess I thought it was a little bit of an act at the time. Well,
0: Texas, you have to consider the fact that like most people in Texas are good Christian folk. And um, as someone that grew up going to Christian summer camp, it was something that started wearing on me after a while. So if you're someone that's easily bothered by over, over um, reference of any kind of religion, this is not the book for you. If you can tolerate it or you love it, absolutely pick it up.
1: Yeah. She really is still fully hook, line and sinker into the Christianity. Mhm. A- as are her friends. But what we realize is it's not a necessity for
0: someone to be in her life that they also be as devout a Christian.
1: Yeah, that was really interesting. Like she was so into Nick Lachey, and he wasn't even Christian at all.
0: No, he believed in Miller Light before he believed in Jesus. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, okay. So she starts out. The book starts with her. Well, oh, the book starts with her hitting rock bottom, dressed as Willie Nelson on Halloween.
0: Oh yeah, the night of the the night that um, kicked off the intervention.
1: Yeah. That was wild. Did you have any... What did you... Did you see those Willie Nelson pics when they first came out? Because I did. And I was like, wow, this is the weirdest Halloween costume I've ever seen. And I kind of love her. And now looking back on it, knowing that she was like blacked out in those photos.
0: Yeah. And all she cared about was the photo. Whatever was going on, she just needed to get the photo out because she felt she owed it to her fans. Because every Halloween they had that picture. What I noticed in the picture was she wasn't just willie nelson for halloween she was sexy willie nelson so it's not like she wore jeans like (laughs) willie did she wore daisy dukes as daisy duke would
1: yeah she wore daisy dukes with literal hair glued to her face (laughs) as a beard that's something
0: that the rest of us really suffer we don't have the budget that people like jessica simpson has when it comes to costumes because i would have pulled off some doozies i just don't have the budget
1: yeah, that's so true. It is really true. I mean, the sky's the limit for her, budget-wise. Mm-hmm. So she starts out with this tale of hitting rock bottom on Halloween. It was set off by her parents' divorce, pretty much, right?
0: Yeah. She, she, her family is her foundation. She states it many times. And that foundation literally split, and half of it started hanging out in gay bars.
1: So yeah. that was rough on her. <laughs> That was really interesting. She never really goes into her dad's sexuality, but she sort of touches on it a little bit. And I guess we'll never fully know unless he decides to, you know, confirm or deny. But it's just I think one of the things that is so interesting throughout this book is the number of 180s that she and all of her family do over and over again.
0: Absolutely.
1: Like she they start out, you know, he's a preacher They're traveling all over the South wherever he can find work as a preacher. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they become this showbiz family. Then all of a sudden they go from like God-fearing Christians to party animals. And they only really care about her career. Then all of a sudden they get a divorce. When she's married to Nick Lachey, did you feel like the divorce came out of nowhere for them too? For her and Nick, no. I think that the reason they got married...
0: And let me know if you agree is because of the no sex until marriage thing. I think that if they had gotten together, even if she waited like a year, a year and a half or three years before um, having sex with Nick, I think that their relationship would have run its course and puttered out. But because it was so important to her to wait until she got married, she got married, had sex and then. You know, she was so young. She was yeah. so young. He he pretty much had a good sense of who he was. And the person he was was someone that needed a childlike partner that he could explain the world to, that he could be a little smarter than. And, you know, before you knew it, she was this megastar and she didn't need him. So yeah. I, I I feel like I saw it coming. I don't think it was a great idea that they got married when she was so young. Was she 21 or 22?
1: Yeah, she was either 21 or 22 when they got yeah. married, which is crazy because he was seven years older than her. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really bugged me about him throughout this whole book is you're exactly right. He wanted and craved a childlike partner to explain the world to. And then he would roll his eyes at her like nonstop.
0: Mm -hmm. That's just, yeah, I'm sure if we were in the Lachey family in his adopted hometown of Cincinnati, when he was growing up, we would have seen some similar stuff, but didn't
1: he grow up uh, without a father around? I don't know. Did he? I don't. I love that you said adopted hometown of Cincinnati because she, <laughs> she said, said that fifty <laughs> times and she never explained it. Every time. Why is, time. It, why is this... his adopted hometown of Cincinnati? She just kept saying it and saying it and saying it, and I was like, what is this? I dare say
0: this is hometown because it's not. It's adopted hometown.
1: Yeah, it was so weird. But so <laughs> yeah, I feel like their. I mean, their wedding and their marriage and the TV show was an a very smart business move it really catapulted them into like the stratosphere because during that time she out of all of the young girls who were famous no one was getting married it was not happening and she was the only one who sort of like you know she paid lip service to the whole virginity until marriage thing and then she followed through on it because Mm -hmm. you remember Britney Spears used to say that too I I distinctly
0: remember a particular press conference where she was sitting up on a stage and she said, yes, I am a virgin. I am waiting until I get married. homegirl was dating Justin Timberlake at the time. I don't think she was waiting. I don't think JT was waiting. I think they were boning. But that was the kind of pressure that people were putting on these girls in the early aughts. We want you to be we want you to look as sexy as possible and then do nothing with your sexuality.
1: Yeah. You're not allowed to enjoy it, but all the guys who are watching you have to enjoy it. Right. And I would love to see a timeline of who was the first one to say, I'm saving myself for marriage, because I wonder if Britney kind of said it under pressure from her label because Jessica was saying it or vice versa. Like there had to have been some sort of behind the scenes machinations of why all of these girls were saying this at the same time.
0: I could imagine Christina Aguilera saying like, no. (laughs) (laughs) i am not a virgin i'm not gonna lie about that because she's self-proclaimed you know dirty tina yeah she makes a couple appearances in this book
1: yeah she does there was one little shady moment that i can't remember i'm gonna see if i have it written down where she said something about christina in the interview she said Well, she said Jive was pushing Britney Spears' album to press, which then made RCA rush Christina Aguilera's album, and then the label was arguing over Jessica, and they were worried she would get lost, and she said, I couldn't believe these two girls were getting in front of me again, because they both beat her for the Mickey Mouse Club. That was a harrowing tale. Yeah.
0: I... Not going to lie. I cried. When I, heard that. I did. It was I can relate. I feel, I feel like I can relate. And I was so sad for her. Um, it, it was a devastating blow. You know, it, yeah. it was the first it was the first time that her whole family was orbiting around her. Yeah, you know. To the point where producers in the Mickey Mouse Club said, you need to start looking for apartments in the Orlando area. That was like, uproot your life, uproot your little sister, leave your job. Um, And then she let them down and she really felt the weight of that. I think it might have been a huge motivator for her in the years to come.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think something that is sort of unspoken in this book a little bit, and I feel bad even saying this, but it needs to be addressed, is like... (laughs) Her music and her singing, is it, is it that good?
0: Um, she has a voice that she uses enthusiastically and sings songs with that voice. Yeah. Uh, I was never a huge Jessica Simpson fan, but I think it's the kind of song where they say if you hear something 27 times, you start to like it because your brain can depend on what's going to happen. Yeah. I heard every Jessica Simpson song more than 27 times because we were listening to the radio back then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them were maybe bops, but a lot of them were pretty terrible. I think had it not been for her, her relationship, her, her beauty, particularly her breasts,
1: you her know, storylines, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think she, that all.
1: Yeah. And she definitely put a ton of effort in and she definitely, is like when she's singing you can see and hear the effort you know absolutely Absolutely. it's really yeah it's really interesting just like her whole style I mean the music that she made it seems like it was it's it's not going to really stand the test of time but I was happy to have it at the time
0: yeah I'll take that I think that's a very judicious way of looking at it
1: yeah and I don't know. And she is a really lovable person and I really appreciated her as a celebrity back then. But the music sometimes even as a kid listening to it, I was like, Wow, this is like a Especially little crazy.
0: Yeah, especially that um John Mellencamp steal. Um, yeah. b- boy, I think I'm in love with you. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was criminal. That should never have happened. <laughs> I
1: remember when I was little like my parents being like, "What? She can't just like belt over this John Mellencamp riff?" <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah,
1: Pop was so
0: sugary sweet back then. They didn't want you to listen to it. They wanted you to like chop it up and snort it. That's yeah. how cuz I we were in the thick of Pop and we haven't been back there since, I don't think.
1: We haven't. There no one makes love songs anymore. Also, yeah.
0: I feel like I could use one right about now. <laughs> I know.
1: It would be really nice. I'm dedicated to Jessica because she needs love. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She So I found this shady thing that she said about Christina. She was talking about how the label decided that she, Jessica, needed media training because she kept saying all these insane things in interviews. Like there was the one thing where she was at the Arthur Ashe. Uh, oh. And she thought he was Andre Agassi. And she turned to Andre Agassi and was like, Oh, thank you so much for putting this event on. And everyone was like, Jessica, Arthur Ashe was black and he's not alive anymore.
0: (laughs) And he's died of AIDS. So you're super insensitive.
1: (laughs) But so she, one of the other big gaffes that she has is she said, I would take the bait from interviewers. Interviewers would say, try to get her to say something bitchy about Brittany and Christina. And she said, I would take the bait and say, I thought Britney was the nicest girl, but maybe Christina didn't need to have her security clear an entire hallway of staff and talent just so she could walk through it alone. Yep. She said it. I think there was a ton of pent
0: up frustration. Um, if you didn't know, Britney and Christina both made the cut on the Mickey Mouse Club. So I think Jessica, to this moment in time, carries a grudge. over yeah. the Yeah. Whole-
1: and it seems like her parents really uh, didn't go out of their way to make her not feel bad about that.
0: <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. It was, they let her know it was a disappointment when she finished, she walked off stage. Justin Timberlake was standing there and he said, what did you just do? <laughs> so, oh my God. Know, I forgot that part. She knew it was bad. Her parents knew it was bad and they were there to cast eight kids. Jessica's rehears- Jessica's audition was so bad that they ended up only casting seven.
1: Ugh! yikes. Mm hmm. And she was totally untrained, which I thought was really funny and interesting that her parents just said, you know what, like, screw it. We're never getting this girl a voice lesson or a dance lesson. We're just going to put her in like the really, really stressful situation of trying out for Disney. And then that's what happened.
0: Yeah, those kids were machines. Justin, They were all pageant kids, Justin included. He did a little Mr. Pageant here and there. Um, they definitely had voice coaches. They were all going to dance class. And she was a raw talent. And I, I think they saw her as that. But if you don't have the nerve, if you don't have presence, then she's really of no use to them.
1: Yeah. So I guess after that, there's a little interlude of her going to high school and being a cheerleader. What did you make of all the bullying? It was really one of the most bizarre examples of bullying i've ever kind of like seen oh my gosh so what happened was when she was really little a family friend a female family friend abused her and it's really sad the way she talks about it like she told her parents about it one day and they didn't say a single thing they just basically like to their credit they made sure that she never they, I don't think they made sure she never saw the girl again, but they made sure she never stayed over at the girl's house ever again. Cause it was a family, a family friend who they were friendly with the parents, I guess through the church. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Jessica goes to high school and she confides in one of her new friends. And that girl tells everyone, and it starts this weird rumor mill that Jessica has been doing that to all the girls in the school.
0: That was really hard to listen to. Uh, I might have cried again. Uh, Jessica, yeah, her friend said, "I know of someone being abused. What should what should that person do?" And Jessica said, "Well, she should tell someone." Shared her experience and it got thrown back in her face. And this was not small time bullying. This was yeah. every single day. Her locker would be full of garbage. Um, she would just get screamed at on the street. She stayed out of school for two weeks. The whole time she was out, um, the, her her house would be littered with pamphlets about gay. uh, What is that called? The gay therapy where they were, you know, conversion conversion therapy. therapy. Thank you. Um, Because apparently they thought that works. So all that. And then when it seemed like it died down, it had been two weeks picture day comes up. Uh, Her mom says, you got to go to picture day. And she had to wear her cheerleading uniform because she was on the squad and they had a game that day. And everyone was being pretty okay. No one said anything. So one of the girls on her cheerleading squad walks over to the other cheerleading squad, whispers in their ear, comes back, and wouldn't you know it? The the next cheer that the other squad did was lesbian, lesbian, oh which God. I and you know nowadays like I'll cheer lesbian all day, but it's because I'm cheering for a lesbian. <laughs> but yeah. in Texas, they were really they were vicious and it just makes you think of what that must have felt like for her and she was so young she even thought to herself am i a lesbian because i was touched by another female you know mm-hmm. she was so lost and it was it was really hard to um hear that kind of abuse going on uh with someone that was seemingly nice
1: yeah it was or really anyone. sad yeah i i really wonder you know how much that had an effect on her in the long run, dealing with that kind of bullying, because that is so traumatic when you're that age.
0: Celebrities are very quick to condemn bullying, but they're also very quick to identify it as a driving force for them. if you If you notice, they'll say, "Oh, I was bullied growing up." And it's like, well, the reason maybe the reason you're super famous, is because you had this drive, because you had this push when you were growing up. It's not good in any way, shape, or form, but if it's channeled properly, it can be used as fuel.
1: Yeah, and one thing, one silver lining of having that sort of event go on for you when you're a kid is that you understand kind of that people, some people don't like you, and you sort of learn how to accept it, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of celebrities could use a little bit of perspective in that way do you know what I mean like some people when they get famous and they're shocked that everyone isn't kissing their ass 24 7 and then they start calling they start identifying things as bullying that aren't bullying at all I think those are people who have never actually dealt with something like that because even like Jessica Simpson has been put through the ringer by the press she especially with, you know, the mom jeans fiasco and everything. Oh. And she at no point really plays the victim throughout this book. Would, would you agree?
0: I agree. I think she, I think she owned herself. And when she was weak, when she, when she was being vain, when she was being insecure, she was very quick to call herself out.
1: Yeah. She, she definitely was like, you know, it's only fair. It's not that it's fair, but she was like, it's part of being famous, whatever. It's fine. She had parts where she explained what the level of paparazzi was that she was dealing with, but she didn't really complain about it. She just kind of was like, yeah, this is, this is how it goes. And I thought she had really good perspective in that way. Yeah. The paparazzi. (laughs) She (laughs) she had, she
0: had some cute um, methods of ditching them. My favorite was driving into a parking garage Uh, And then jumping in a rental car and driving out. That would have fooled me. Oh, yeah, me too. Genius operation. (laughs) That was really
1: good. I loved that. So after high school, she, I kind of got a little messed up on the timeline. Like, did she leave high school? She did, right? She got her GED.
0: Yeah, she said she only had about a month of her senior year. And then she was on gospel tour. So right. then
1: she, right, yeah, she did, like, a gospel, I guess, album, and then she started with the pop a little bit later. And right. so when she got signed to Sony, she's put under this, like, notorious, horrible Svengali, Tommy Mottola, which mm-hmm. I had no idea that he was the one who kind of shaped her.
0: Congratulations. Welcome to Sony. Lose 15 pounds.
1: yeah. He literally said to her that she needed to lose 15 pounds, which I'm sure was borderline impossible. And for people who don't know, if you listen back to our Mariah Carey episode, Tommy <sighs> Matola is the guy who was married to Mariah Carey and basically kept her locked up in a house for years. And he was, you know, abusive emotionally. And he just is a super controlling, like, but also super successful record executive.
0: That's the thing is he told her she had to lose 15 pounds and having lived through that period of time, uh, I'm willing to say that I think there's a great chance she would not have made it whatsoever if she was um, on the bigger side because we weren't as a public accepting of anything less than perfection.
1: Yeah, it was really a horrible time. Mm -hmm. It was so bad. Like, I don't know how anyone who's in our generation didn't come out of that with like at least a little bit of disordered eating habits.
0: Anorexia was glorified. One of the highest selling issues in the history of Us Weekly magazine was called Scary Skinny. And it was just one anorexic celebrity after another.
1: Oh, yeah, I bought it. I bought that issue. (laughs) Yeah, I bought two copies.
0: One for my fridge and one for my bedroom.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was such a bad time period for that. It was awful. But it's really interesting because I think right before that happened, the Spice Girls were out and they were a little more healthy. They were pretty much average. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know what happened that made everybody crash diet all at once.
0: The pendulum swings and it swings hard. And in this case, it went to a very thin place. And that's, you know, another way Jessica stood out because you have Britney Spears who, you know, she got her breast implants very early on in her career. It was like between the baby one more time video and the sometimes video, yeah. but they weren't like huge. They were just boobs. And Christina yeah. Aguilera was just a teeny tiny little powerhouse. Jessica Simpson was voluptuous. Yeah. So to take a voluptuous girl and make her, um, you know, artificially thin was no easy task.
1: Yeah. Do you remember the irresistible video when that came out? That was I her video. That was and she parted really- her
0: arms to the side and she wore the black shiny outfit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember, I distinctly remember Ashley Simpson doing an interview about it saying, you know, she was only 103 pounds. Um, my only thing about this and don't hate me, I'm not an evil person. I swear to you, mm-hmm. but, but 103 pounds for someone who's five foot two, that's not, like the craziest thing in the world. Cause she is very short when we're talking no, about these No, it weights.
1: is crazy. I'm yeah. 5'2". Yeah. I'm 5'2". And if I got down to 103 pounds, it would look, I would look awful. Okay. Okay. People like, would notice. I'm, would I'm notice.
0: too tall to even make,
1: I'm too tall to relate.
0: <laughs> From up here, you all look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I know. Cause it sounds really short and, but yeah, it's like, especially for her, like that she does have boobs. It is pretty crazy. Yeah. And then later on when she gets her tummy tuck after having her two kids, she said she dieted down to one Oh three also, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. And that was really nuts about that. I mean, we're like fast forwarding a lot right here, but about how she got the tummy tuck because she said, Her stomach was, I guess, so stretched out and everything. And everyone in her family was telling her, no, you can't do it. Her doctor called and was like, your liver levels were so off the charts that you could die. And nobody wanted her to do it because she was drinking and taking so many pills. Mm -hmm. Um, But she literally showed her mom her stomach and her mom was like, okay, yeah, let's go. We're going.
0: See, I've, okay, I've had two children. And for the, for the most part, I'm like back to 100%. But, you know, my stomach's never going to look the way it did right before I had kids. But that's because I grew humans in my body. That's something I'm super proud of. And I will take my little tummy to the beach. I take it to the mall when it's good. I take it out for ice cream. Like, it's it's something that I'm totally fine with but you and I both know that if Jessica Simpson so much as lifted her shirt and a tiny bit of a not perfect belly was what people saw, it would be national news. And I think that's what she was afraid of.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think maybe hers was to a different level because I think when you are short, it, it Mm -hmm. hits you different Yeah, because she's, Short and tiny and she said she gained 60 pounds with either one or both of her pregnancies. That's insane. That's more than half of her body weight at her smallest.
0: That's a lot. I, I gained around the same amount with my daughter. And it is a lot. You just you just get jolly at one point and say <laughs> yes to everything. And it's like a very happy time until and then you have the baby and then a few months go by and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> but um, I'm all for a jolly pregnancy. No, no problem with that whatsoever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was also curious about what happened after she had her third, if the if the stomach went back to normal, because I don't know anything about that genre of plastic surgery.
0: That really surprised me that she was able to, because a lot of times a doctor won't do a tummy tuck on you if you're um, planning on having more children. They say, oh, wait really? until you're done. And they did say that Birdie was a surprise. Yeah. But I don't see... Uh, I don't know. I feel like for someone like Jessica Simpson, she's so in touch with everything. Um, I don't see her accidentally having a baby, but I guess here she did. She also mentioned that she has diabolical fallopian tubes, which I don't really believe. I just don't. Really? She, she said, yeah, because when she was younger, she had this horrible ovarian cyst while she was on the road. And she was like a very new artist and she had to have an entire fallopian tube removed. And yeah. so her doctor said, That um, the month that she got pregnant with her daughter, Maxwell, her oldest child, that the egg crossed over from one side of her body to the other for her to become pregnant. And then she said that it happened a second time with her son. And statistically speaking, I'm just not buying it. I think she I think she misheard the doctor wants everything to be like a Jesus intervention and took it as a miracle. I'm personally not buying it.
1: Yeah, I don't see how the doctor could have really known either. But, yeah. Right. So, let's skip forward to past the Shea stuff. It's kind of boring. They get married. He's kind of a dick. Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. I was really surprised, though, that she did such a 180 of being this God-fearing... Marriage obsessed, not marriage obsessed, but, you know, putting marriage on a pedestal, mm-hmm. saving yourself for marriage and then sort of just like that saying we're getting a divorce mm-hmm. because I don't know. Be, I was raised Catholic where divorce is very stigmatized and taboo. You just and don't like, it. I just feel like people who are that obsessed with, you know, being super religious, they usually are not there. They would feel really, really, really a lot of trepidation about getting a divorce, you know?
0: Well, let's consider the fact that while she was married to Nicholas Shea, she did have an emotional affair with Johnny Knoxville.
1: Yes. I loved that.
0: Loved it. While they I, were on the set of Dukes of Hazzard, they would, the whole, you know, this was, she didn't go to college. She didn't go to high school parties. So when she was on the set of the Dukes of Hazzard, you've got Sean William Scott, who look, I mean, you're parting with Stifler and Johnny Knoxville, the whole crew. And they would go to these local Louisiana bars And it was always ended up being her and Johnny Knoxville at the end of the night drinking McAllen and, you know, saying sweet nothings to each other. And in my mind, an emotional affair is 10 times worse than an accidental physical slip. Yeah. And what she had with Johnny Knoxville was an emotional affair. They were, they were texting secretly. They were emailing secretly. Um, She definitely held their relationship in high regard, and so in my mind, that she had exited the marriage right when that happened.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it seems like she had a really nice connection with him too. And oh, absolutely. He he seemed like a sweet guy. The timing was just never right for those two.
0: Yeah. Let me tell you, I would do some sick shit for a list of the guys that she went out with in that couple of years. Because she I made know. it very clear that they were A-list individuals. And she said that they would have dates on private planes, dates in hotels, because as celebrities, they didn't want to be seen together if it wasn't going to be a thing, but it was very matchmakerish. People were reaching out to her representation and saying, I want my client to go on a date with Jessica, you know, because they knew it would sell stuff. She was, she was a huge celebrity at this point. The only the only catch to her was America was not ready to see her happy. They yeah. wanted her to cry for like four to seven years um, because that's the way America likes it. You know, Nick Lachey, everything he did was centered around. I got my heart broken by Jessica. She took my damn dog. And he did a whole album about her. That, that was docu series he did was about her. He made a music video where Vanessa Manolo, his future wife, played her. It was
1: twisted. Yeah. Seriously. Like did you gasp when that happened? I had no idea that she played her. That would be like uh, Yeah, I had no idea. But that would
0: be like the girl who played Britney in the Crimea River video marrying Justin Timberlake. You know, yeah. it was it was wild, but she dated a lot of guys and I love how she said her friends were super jealous of all the hot guys she was dating. It was just I my mind was like racing to figure out who these people were, you know? I like know. like Oh, God. I, Who could it have been? It. And she definitely sounded like she banged a few of them.
1: Oh, for sure. I think she went wild once she finally, like, had sex. And then she sort of felt like she had become a woman. She went, like you said, on the Dukes of Hazard set and actually made friends on her own for the first time. Because one really interesting thing about her is her childhood sounded pretty lonely. Like she didn't really have a lot of friends. She wasn't really like one of the popular girls, but then now that she's older, she has tons and tons of friends. She is like a popular girl. She has a lot of, She's a great social circle. So mm-hmm. it seems like she kind of was very sheltered and isolated until she became a big star. And then she finally realized that the world is sort of her oyster. So yeah, yeah.
0: she definitely, the way she described herself growing up, Uh, She definitely was careful to not come off as I don't have any girlfriends because girls are just jealous of me because that could have very easily been the tone for the first half of the book. But what she said was her good friends were at Bible study and the secular people at school just wanted nothing to do with her. It definitely could have been the fact that she had double D's by the time she was 13. That will make a girl be
1: jealous. And, you know, boys were obsessed with her. Yeah, that was what but, spurred in the whole bullying thing. I think, I don't know. I think people go a little overboard with the, the jealousy accusations at that age, mm-hmm. because if, you know, I was an early bloomer myself boobs. and I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> boobs.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I was. And like, I don't know. I still had friends and nobody was like jealous of me. They definitely like thought I was a slut because I had boobs, but <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I, I can't it. relate. I legit pray Jessica was praying for like the well-being of mankind. I was praying for breasts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I mean being early or being late are equally bad. You know, like you want to yeah. be one of those in-between girls. You want to be a no. a solid like 14 and a half when you get your boobs is like perfect time. But I feel like when somebody is mocking, like if somebody was bullying her because of her boobs, I think it was probably also because maybe she was a little weird, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah, she definitely sounded a little weird. Like there was a day in school when a boy said, you know, welcome to school. And she's like, thanks. He said, you know, it would be a lot nicer if you jumped up and down when she said it so she started jumping up and down and a girl said hey the only reason they want you to jump up and down is because your boobs and she goes I know
1: yeah and I thought that was a little weird um like that's what that's what probably caused people to sort of look at her sideways you know not sure. just having the boobs but also just like it's not her fault her parents definitely kept her really sheltered and oh, absolutely and they didn't do her any favors
0: personally.
1: <laughs> like you can't. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, just because we're talking about Jessica Simpson's boobs, it brings, and, and Joe Simpson and his sexuality. It brings me back to, there was an interview that he did. Where I know he exactly said, what you're going to say. You can't hide those suckers. And America freaked out. They're like, ew, gross. Why is her father talking about her like that? And now that we know that Joe Simpson is, you know, homosexual, it's, it's so innocent. Well, allegedly it was then it allegedly. Yeah. It well, I just think it was innocent then. It's innocent now. And people used to walk up to her at church functions. She'd be wearing what everyone else was wearing and they'd say, She can't wear that. She is an abomination.
1: Yeah, people they literally said, like, said that. And very I agree that oh my God. Yeah, that was Jessica. horrific. Like the, the the stuff that she went through with the church, I just I don't know. I think she does mention something later in the book, not so much saying that she doesn't agree with organized religion. But I think around the time of her divorce is when she realized that it's all BS because her grandma was like, God doesn't like divorce, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, why would God ever care about divorce? And I'm like, I, I really wanted to read more about how she got there. You know, like, how did she make that decision for herself because when you are raised religious, it takes a lot of soul searching and independent thought to mm-hmm. finally push that religion away. And she just kind of talks about it as if she arrived at it on her own immediately. And I just mm-hmm. I would have loved to have hear more about to have heard more about what how she got there.
0: Let's DM her on Instagram and see what she says. We should. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, okay. So her boobs were a hindrance when she was younger, but now that she's single, it's the early aughts. Um, I she didn't mention it in the book at all, but I distinctly remember an overabundance of lip filler for a period of time. Because when she and Nick separated, yeah, oh yeah, there was a very ducky picture of her. She had a short, yeah, she had a short blonde bob. It was just way, way too much. Um, I don't know if she let it. Dissolve, or she had them removed, but it was not a good look. She okay, was-
1: actually, I kind of remember the bob having a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is what they do, celebrities. When they do do something, they get they change their hair at the same time to kind of yep. camouflage.
0: Mm-hmm. Like a a huge nose job can be like, oh well, I got bangs.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking not- of a huge nose job, <laughs> find it really weird the way that she talked about her sister.
0: Um, okay. So as a child, she was like her caretaker. She took care of Ashley. And then Ashley was kind of like tethered to her, you know, where she had to be on the road. Um, Ashley was her backup dancer. Right. I think it was a little weird how like much praise she gave Ashley. Cause That's I thought, I we all, yeah, I thought we all collectively agreed that Ashley's not that talented <laughs> as seen on Saturday night live as seen on, was it the pro bowl where she lost her ears? And
1: sang horribly and couldn't hear that. Yeah. It's, you she just know, said, yeah, like over and over again, she was like, my sister Ashley, the strongest person in the world, said this, this, and this. And it almost made me wonder if they've had a falling out or something because it just was so over effusive. It was yeah. like the lady doth protest too much. I was like, okay, we get it. Like, you're close with your sister. Everybody is close with their siblings. It's, it just was really, every time I read it, it just felt a little weird.
0: Yeah. She made a, she, she mentioned that she was the family business multiple times. And then when Ashley's career, AKA two or three singles took off, um, her parents were with Ashley by Ashley's side because she was the one she had her own reality show. She did. I I'm not going to lie. I've freaking love that song Pieces of Me
1: oh me too I had that love album it. and I loved that reality show it was great absolutely and what was the other song L-O-V-E I don't remember the L-O-L-O-L-O-V-E it oh was my
0: god I totally forgot that one such a bop I, I have not forgotten it and then the song Shadow was all about growing up in Jessica Simpson's shadow
1: oh living in the shadow of someone else's dream yeah mm-hmm. oh let me get my tiny violin out <laughs>
0: i jessica has a voice ashley didn't even have that at at this point ashley had a last name to work with and you know and great
1: branding really great branding absolutely that dark hair
0: so god
1: yeah they positioned her really well as sort of this like avril lavigne 2.0 who (laughs) was kind of standing in opposition to her sister they did a great job with with that
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and
1: I feel like she's happy just being like a celebrity socialite now. I don't think she really is like dying to make music. No, I think, I think you're right. I think she just wants people to
0: know who she is. They want, she wants them to recognize her. Her and Evan Ross just had a reality show on E and no one watched it. I heard it got astronomically low ratings. That does not surprise me.
1: Yeah. It really blows my mind that she's married to Diana Ross's son. Oh, lucky. Not that she's married to Evan Ross, but that she
0: Diana Ross is her mother-in-law. Exactly. Oh my god, can you imagine? And Tracy Ellis Ross
1: yeah. is her sister-in-law. Oh. It is a wild, wild overlap. I, I wonder have, if Jessica yeah. has met Diana Ross. I
0: have ill feelings towards Je- towards Ashley Simpson just because I read an interview somewhere where Pete Wentz had explained that he dealt with depression. And that he never wanted his marriage to Ashley to be over. And he begged her not to leave him. And she left him anyway.
1: And that was really upsetting. Because I thought he seemed like a real sweet guy. Well, that's like Nick Lachey 2.0. Do you think he was just saying that to get sympathy?
0: No, I think he really was sad. And his band wasn't really making music anymore. And she's like, oh, I got to go to something more popular. Yeah. That's the narrative I made up. I don't have any evidence. But if if someone wants receipts I'll get receipts
1: <laughs> yeah that is yeah I guess I don't know I don't have any strong feelings on Pete once one or the way or the other I just remember they <laughs> made their kid Bronx Mowgli and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so Jessica, Jessica's single she's mingling right and she meets John
1: Mayer and he ruins <gasps> her life for years I
0: I don't care what she said about John Mayer in this book. I'm not letting anything ruin his music for me. John Mayer's songs are in my heart, they're in my soul. I don't care, but what a son of a bitch. Yeah. It was excruciating even hearing that relationship and it was so it it felt so honest cuz she really did make herself look bad uh frequently.
1: Yeah. And she really he really was a hundred percent like toxic, emotionally abusive person. Oh
0: god. She so they, they dated and when things were really good, he would break up with her over email. And she approximates that he did this nine times over email. One of the times he broke up with her, it was um the day of the Kennedy or the night before the Kennedy Center honors mm-hmm. when she was honoring Dolly Parton. So she was like in this he, like emotional breakdown state over drinking. And she ended up blowing the entire performance. Yeah. That was, that was, Oh my God, that was so hard to think about. But, and then she realized at, I mean, we, we could talk about the John Mayer relationship forever. He was, and he was a master manipulator. Um, And I have to mention that everything that, jessica simpson had to say about john mayer is like word for word what taylor swift had to say about him in her song dear john
1: whoa okay i'm gonna have to go back and cross-reference that
0: particularly the line where taylor swift says you and your sick need to give love and take it away
1: wow that's crazy Hollywood's
0: got his number at this point and he knows it and he's publicly stated like, why would any famous woman ever want to date me after my track record? And he's absolutely right. No one should. I've actually forbidden all single girlfriends from canoodling with him just in case they run into him
1: ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. So she finally catches on after like two, three maybe years Mm -hmm. of being tortured by him that he's been breaking up with her. For material essentially. Mm-hmm. He's been torturing mm-hmm. her on purpose so that he could get good fodder for songs. So she was smart
0: enough to break up with him for a while. She met a she called him a nice normal guy uh Cowboys Tony quarterback Romo. Tony Romo. <laughs> yeah. And this was another example of Jessica getting bullied because the first game she went to, she wore a pink Tony Romo jersey. Horrible choice if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um And she was uh, able to be photographed. Another horrible choice. She should have been incognito in a private box that people weren't, you know, staring at. But I believe she was in the owner's box or something. And he played the worst game of his life. And all of Cowboy Stadium was chanting, send Jessica home. That that hurts. That really, I mean.
1: She's a a Texas girl. Don't they know that? And he never said anything to stick up for her. No, he didn't.
0: He had very. They had very different views of how a male-female uh, relationship should go. She mentioned that um, he didn't have, like, a problem with her career, but he always felt like she would hang it up. Because at this point, she has the Jessica Simpson line. You know, she's got her, or do you call it range? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, got her, she's got her range. And it's very successful right off the bat. And um, it always felt to her like he was waiting for her to give it up so that she could just be his housewife and cook for him and clean for him. And he put a limitation on her. He said that whatever movie she was going to do, she was no longer allowed to do a movie where she kissed a male co-star. Now, I didn't realize how many movies she did. She did Dukes of Hazard. I know. She did Employee of the Month, Blonde Ambition, and Major Valentine. She had a good little thing going on. She did. And then Tony Romo snuffed it out.
1: Yeah, that was really messed up, uh, but I did really like the part where she is like, you know, I thought that I would never date an athlete and I would only ever date musicians, but then I finally realized that musicians were driving me friggin' insane, yep. and I really appreciated that as someone who also has made the transition from dating musicians to dating bros. <laughs> 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 yeah. What you thought, because you are married to a musician.
0: I am, but he's not your typical musician. Heart of gold, salt of the earth. I'm lucky Jessica Simpson didn't get to him first. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my wonderful husband.
1: <laughs> so you well, don't think but did you ever date any musicians before that? Um, I only had
0: like two boyfriends before that. So no, I dated uh silver spoon syndrome type
1: guys. Ooh, wow. What a transition.
0: That was yeah. The, to the exact opposite, like, like high, the highest imaginable levels of entitlement to like no entitlement whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Well, so she, so she gets booed at the stadium and who inserts himself into the national conversation, but a Mr. John Meyer, he says, everybody about that part. Is up on her. She, this girl loves Texas. It's a part of who she is. Blah, blah, blah. Jessica is so frustrated by this, but to make matters worse, While she is in this two-year relationship with Tony Romo, two-year relationship, living at his home, which she called a de facto frat house because he had a lot of friends living there as
1: well. I love the part where she says that him and his friends would play Madden on, like, and he he would be himself. That was amazing. I really love that.
0: I'm really surprised that that has not gotten picked up as one of the snippets from this book. And the, you know, I keep expecting to see that article, but yes, yeah. Tony Romo
1: played himself, which is amazing. That actually happened to me too. One time I was dating a guy and I like, he was having like a boys night with his friends and I like was also there and they were all playing FIFA and I was so horrified. I almost like dumped him on the spot. I was like, you guys are adults. Like- ah! You have 401Ks. Why are you playing FIFA? This is so embarrassing.
0: Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> so while they're dating, she's got this relationship with Tony Romo, which is, I would say, 85% good, you know? And then, yeah. meanwhile, back in Calabasas, John Mayer has become very close with her mother, father, that and was Ashley via horrific. Pete West. That is some low down dirty. So he would continuously text her, email her, and her agreement with Tony was that she was full disclosure. Anytime he texted, she'd just be like, "John to me," and you know, she didn't write back or anything. But he just felt more comfortable if she kept him abreast of what was going on. He and he would te- he wanted to let her know just how close they were, and he would say things like, "Oh, the shower door at your parents' house, you know, wasn't working." just intimate stuff and years later she asked her mom why were you hanging out with John so much and her mom said we were all in love with John he's this cute good-looking guy who comes over and plays guitar and sings with us like who wouldn't be in love with John so that I mean he was was military level her parents should not have done that Never, never. Yeah. Why? Because he's such good friends with Pete Wentz. He just can't right. live without Pete Wentz. And Ashley can't step in and say, like, this is tearing my sister apart. She's trying to move on with her life.
1: Yeah. But, so when there's her- no excuse for her family to do that to her. Right. So Tony Romo goes through her phone.
0: He finds correspondence with John Mayer that he was not aware of and breaks up with her. She is like, okay, this should have happened already because, you know, as we mentioned, he limited her potential, he limited her opportunities and she was ready for the breakup. So she felt it was appropriate. Then she thought she was having her Hollywood ending. You know, John has declared his love for her at this point. He's said to her father, like, I'm a changed man. I'm completely different. I will love her until the end of time. So she rushes home to him, expects to get open arms and he gives her the stiff arm and says like, no, you don't get me yet.
1: Yes. So they that was- start
0: banging. They're they're clearly having sex until he drops some major bombshells via two different interviews.
1: Wait, what were the interviews? Uh, Playboy and Rolling Stone. Oh, that's when he said sexual napalm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexual napalm. I still don't is- understand if that's a compliment or an insult. Oh, I think it's a huge compliment. <laughs> is it? Is that what it's meant yeah for?
0: Yeah, he said that if having sex with Jessica Simpson cost ten thousand dollars each time, he would sell every single thing he owned just to have sex with her as many times as possible. That's crazy. That's cra- I mean, what was she doing? Why didn't she leave tips? This was an open book. I would have liked to have heard some of those tips.
1: I know that's a really good i That's a really good point. Like literally, what was she doing? I she also was pretty
0: graphic about their their relationship. Like she got not graphic graphic, but she let on to, like, how deeply sensual things got between the two of them and how she, like, had never felt so amazing in her entire life, which I was, I would imagine John Mayer took, like, classes
1: yeah. in or out
0: of the country. Like, he took also, he
1: was he was manipulating her at the same time, and that adds a whole nother level of, like, psychosis to it. Like, Absolutely. it probably wasn't even that amazing, but it was just the fact that he had her so, like, wrapped up and, you know.
0: It could have been. It could have been.
1: I and also really liked the detail during that time period when she was dating Tony Romo. Uh, she randomly ran into John Mayer at her parents' house on Halloween and she was dressed as Chewbacca. <laughs> that was amazing. Like
0: five foot two Chewbacca. And she you know, like of course when you see your exes, you wanna look, you know, your best, maybe. Like yeah. at least at least presentable at the very least. Uh, Chewbacca is not really the, and I think John loved it. I yeah. bet he saw, I bet he saw it as a major advantage for him because she didn't have her, you know, sexuality, attractiveness to lean on. It was she was just in a very vulnerable, very hairy, very Wookie like position.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, oh, the thing with the mom jeans happened while she was with Tony Romo too. Oh my
0: God, the mom jeans. Okay, she had a whole chapter dedicated to this called "Death by Mom Jeans." And my heart really went out to her. Yeah. Um, that it doesn't matter whether or not she was overweight. It doesn't matter. Right, if she it's wasn't relevant. The fact that people took pictures and just mocked her. And it, it's just such a contrast to where we are in terms of the news media then and where we are now. We are celebrating everyone now, everyone has a place on the stage. And that fucking wonderful like how long did it take us to get there and just 10 years ago we are l- publicly flogging a size 4 Yeah. like someone who's just and you know what really got me was that this is when she made the transition to country music she decided that it was like more true to her heart it was what she was into and she was just the Rascal Flats uh, brought her on tour with them and she was talking about how she was so happy and, and she, she just had all this joy in her heart
1: after the Dolly Parton thing, she didn't perform for years and she finally got over it. Yeah, uh, And she was
0: so happy and she was so happy that she described herself as Carrie, you know, like the pig blood Carrie. And it was just so heartbreaking because she did seem really, really happy to be there and be having that experience and to have that ripped away from her. Just, oh. She immediately went back into like her childhood mode where she was trying to cover up her body trying to you know unsexualize herself hide herself and that really broke my heart because you get to like know her during this book and you actually i felt very empathetic towards her when she would be happy or sad so yeah. i and that was just such that that was the you know quickest fall from grace and Oh, poor and don't you
1: remember what a huge story that was? It really, really was the biggest story. Everyone was talking about it. It was everywhere. Every, massive. People did not hold back. You know, the
0: funniest part is that those jeans today would be glorified. Yeah. We're all wearing like high waisted jeans are everywhere right now. I think that just was the a huge, little
1: too early. Yeah, I think that was a, that was a huge part of the problem was just we weren't ready for high waisted jeans. We just weren't ready. Everyone yeah. is so scared about low rise jeans coming back, and I'm like, they were way more flattering for me personally than high waisted jeans are. The only
0: thing I worry about is accidental butt crack. That's it. Oh I yeah, with the
1: low want, Yeah. Yeah,
0: because I don't want I don't want to see it, and it and it's not just mine. I don't want to see thongs everywhere I go accidentally. On purpose thongs, bring them all day. Yeah, like a an accidental thong, and you know when you see one, you have to see it to know it, but you'll know it when you yeah. see it. Um, yeah, Jessica. Oh rest in peace, those jeans and that belt. And um, I think there
1: was also a bra fit issue that added to the optical illusion a little bit. Absolutely. Cause if your bra's too tight, you're going to look like you have that side, that side
0: pouch. And you know, maybe she did, maybe she didn't, but it's just, it's crazy that that's where we were as a society yeah. not too long ago.
1: So she also, during that time period, got offered that TV show, The Price of Beauty, where she went all over the world. I thought it was interesting. She didn't go into the details of who that show was with and how she landed it. She Mm -hmm. just kind of talked about it a little bit. I don't know. It was weird. I was like, wait, where did this show come from? Yeah, the most surprising thing to me was like, why didn't I
0: watch this? Because it was her, Ken, and one other person. I'm not sure. And, yeah, I feel like I would have watched it. And she had, you know, she's talking about it. She's in touch with herself and her vanity is like dissolved away. And, you know, then stuff like this happens.
1: Yeah. I remember actually watching it, but it just disappeared without a trace. Didn't she get, did she get her
0: prescription for, I'm guessing it was Adderall. Cause she said she went to a, she called it a
1: rock doc. Yes. She so that Los was Angeles, being weird. A rock she- doc. Yeah, she mentions Ambien by name, but she just keeps saying I was prescribed a stimulant. And right. I mean, I've also been prescribed it. And what she says is like textbook Adderall.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. That's why I think that's why I definitely think it was Adderall. Yeah, so she would take Adderall to be or, Well, she'd take a stimulant to be thin. But it also enabled her to drink as much as she wanted. Because if you like drinking on Adderall kids cover your ears is fun as anything because you never get too drunk. You just like, you're, you're still on, but you're also drunk. And, um, you know, there's a small little side effect that you are actually killing yourself starting with your liver. But, um, yeah. yeah, And then, and then at the end of the night she would pop an Ambien and fall asleep.
1: Yeah. That was really unfortunate. Also it kind of seems weird because it's like we, so we need to flat uh, fast forward like a lot, (laughs) So she meets what's his name, Eric Johnson. And it kind of seems like that all convened at the same time with her drinking more and doing all these pills and everything. But then he also helped her get sober.
0: Yeah, she was a party girl. She, you know, she was having people over all the time and um, just drinking heavily. What if I could ask her anything? One of the questions I would ask her is, why didn't you ever try marijuana? Because I know a lot of people that like get to the point where they're drinking too much, Um, I've seen them try it myself included in college. I was just out of control. And then someone was like, Sandy, take this joint. And I'd never smoked pot before. And I was like, I would much rather do this than drink. And you know, think maybe it could have saved her. Who knows? But she didn't mention it at all. That might've been strategic because it's, it was legal in California when she's having these major issues. So it was definitely
1: around. I think she Um, just was so hooked on booze that it wouldn't have even really made a difference.
0: Yeah, and she's already confessed to drugs and alcohol. So you can, if, you, if there's green in your pocket, Jess, you keep it there. You don't have to tell us about it.
1: Yeah, totally. That's fine.
0: <laughs> so Jessica gets her dream guy. She has a wonderful wedding to him. She has uh, children. She loves being pregnant. Loves being pregnant.
1: Oh, yeah, she did love it. That was good.
0: hmm But as soon as her children uh, were out of her body and she was separate from them, all of her issues came back. And she really realized she needed tons and tons of therapy and the support of her friends and family, which is exactly what she got.
1: Yeah, that was great. I was really also wished there were a few more details about why she and Nick never had a kid. Again, just because of her conservative background and everything. I would have thought that they would have been doing that right away. So it was interesting that she kind of waited a while.
0: I think it might have been her career. And I I get... Catch me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't put it past Joe Simpson to put birth control in her morning coffee. <laughs> yeah, he hated Nick. Hated Nick. But he would have hated a baby, too, because she was his cash cow, you know?
1: Yeah, it was, oh, that- weird. It was weird that he didn't foresee how much the Nick thing was going to, like, catapult her, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that's Simpson family. I really enjoyed this book. I really, really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. And I never saw a lot of it coming. A lot of yeah. new stuff.
1: It was really, it, it humanized her so much, and it just made me really like her, and um, I think now is a great time for it. I think she's in a really unique place as a celebrity because of her clothing line and everything, because she's not beholden to anyone. It literally no. doesn't matter who likes her, who doesn't like her. She could come out and say, like, the entire New York Times editorial board is terrible, and, like, it wouldn't put it, and, like... She could shit on people, Us Weekly, TMZ, anyone, and it really wouldn't put a dent in her fame or her money. Excellent. So I really, I hope this is the dawn of a new day for her of telling all yeah. constantly. Oh, it was great. Yeah, please.
0: I'm going to go back and watch that Ellen interview that she did shit face because I think that is going to be high levels of entertainment.
1: Oh, it's really crazy to watch. It's crazy to watch because you're like, how did she function for this long? Yeah. But again,
0: loved the book. I loved it. I have a newfound love for Jessica. Um I think I'm I wish her well, her and her family. Jessica, we love you. And um I I can say that because in her audiobook she said she loves me. And whoever else reads the book, but I That's took it true. very personally.
1: <laughs> it was very nice. Very nice. <laughs> it really was. And her acknowledgments section was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Sandy. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Some people think Diva's a bitch. Diva to you? Would you say are you one? I never said that. Diva behavior. I don't know her. I don't know her. I don't know her. great, uh, great gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> of course, I don't trust you. Diva behavior, the podcast.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?